Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Uh, my name is, I'm the host, Mr. D.L. Hartman. Thank you guys for tuning in. The wonderful show scheduled for you uh, this afternoon. A show that I really wanted to bring to you guys because um, uh, there's so much uh, different things that are going on around us, uh, dealing with the uh, Cosby incident that we all have heard and uh, we know about, uh, as well as the um, the Judge Kavanaugh, the thing with the uh, Supreme Court, Court judge nominee uh, and his uh, sexual allegations when he was in high school. And there's a third uh, young lady that has came forth about that. But, but ne- nevertheless, I wanted to, to really tackle something that was a bit more serious and, and, and really, I think, are kind of missing the boat on this one. And I'm talking about the housing crisis, man. You know, the, 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 um, the uh, seriousness of what's going on uh, with rental properties and, and so on and so forth. But, but just to give you a, you know, a really backstory that what really uh, has led me up to this point, uh, you, you got to understand that back um, when we had the, um, the 2008 uh, house, I mean, the, um, the Wall Street collapse and the um, debacle of that whole thing with the banks collapsing and the whole nine and um, so many things uh, that had took place uh, dealing, uh, dealing with that issue where a lot of people, lost their homes. And I'm talking black and white. I'm not just talking about black folks. I'm talking about uh, Indian folks. From all walks of life, man, they, they lost their homes. And, and here it is uh, 10 years later. I guess you can call it a 10-year anniversary. And I haven't heard anybody do a story on that. This is actually a 10-year anniversary. And um, and see, they, 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 they and I believe they ain't saying nothing about it because they, they don't want that shit to be on your mind. And just like back then, they don't want your ass to be prepared. So they, they give you all kind of stuff, Kim Kardashian fighting with, with that idiot, uh, Nicki Minaj and all this foolishness. And again, the Cosby incident, now you got Cat Williams and um, brother Kevin Hart going at it and, and, and on and on. But here we are about to hit a second a crisis, uh, so to speak, and you don't hear a peeping word about what's to come. And what am I ashamed that is, man? This thing is serious, and nobody is even talking about it. And like I said, back then, uh, millions of people lost their homes. And so they had to go to rental properties and so forth. And many people have not even recovered because jobs were lost, man. You're talking hundreds of thousands of jobs were lost. And, and, and people with, with PhDs and master degrees were, were, were flipping burgers at Burger King. Nearly 30% of fast food work, workers have master degrees. Have de- I'm sorry, they have degrees of some kind, associates up, up until PhD. Did you, did you know that? And you're going to ask yourself, 
I just said fast food. I didn't even say one particular. There's thousands of fast food fast foods statewide. And over thirty percent of them of the employees have some form of degree, some form of training, if you will. And yet nearly forty percent of them are over the age of thirty. That's another one. I don't I don't think many people knew. Thing is serious, man. This thing is so serious, and 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 everybody is quiet as a church mouth about it. Nobody's saying anything about this serious issue that I wanted to discuss with you guys because I want you guys to understand and understand. You got to be ready, man. You you have to be ready for what's to come and, and what's coming down that pike. That again, these idiots ain't telling you nothing. They're not saying one word about it because, again, they want to catch your ass off guard. Because in, in, in every every um, every uh, analyst has have said that this one will be worse than the 2008 debacle. So I want you guys to really be ready, man, because. This thing is crazy. And thank God for our, our dear sister, uh, uh, Senator uh, Kamala. Uh, she has a bill called the Rent Relief Act, and she's trying to get Congress to pass this thing. But, but, but she, what she needs you guys to do is to write your local congressman about this bill but, but because they hope you don't know this bill. Now, here, here it is in 2018. Everything going up. Except your wage. Everything's going up. Food prices, gas prices, rental property, buying cars, insurance. We're not meeting the same expectations of, of what the economy says. Everybody keep complaining. Oh, remember, you know, all these corporations are whining about they can't afford to raise the minimum wage or give more money. But they damn sure can afford to raise the prices. And many of these, in many of these places, these homes and or apartments or condos that are for rent, they got slumlords running. I'm going to take this quick commercial break, man, and, and we're going to come back and we're going to dive into this thing, man, because this thing is serious, man. Again, nobody is talking about it. You haven't heard the 10-year anniversary of the debacle of Wall Street. You ain't heard a damn thing. And that tell you that tell you the wealthy run the world, not the damn president. Even, even that jackass ain't talked about because their goal is to have people fighting amongst each other, anarchy, so they they can create a new world order, man. So we'll take this break, and I'll be back in just a moment. and hair care service center is your one-stop shop for all of your beauty needs. PDNK provides natural hair care services for braiding, sewing, and so much more. Give us a call or stop by and see. PDNK Beauty Supplies, designed with you in mind. Family-owned and operated, God-driven. Thank you. All right, we're back. And um, it, was, it was this case in, in here in Georgia. It was an actual case that happened um, just um, the, the beginning of the school year, so in, in sometime in August, um, where these two brothers 
um, that were going to school in Henry County, uh, in this area called um, Henry County, um, and um, their their mother, unfortunately, was, you know, she lost her job and ended up, uh, was unable to keep the mortgage up and, and everything, so she, she ended up being homeless. And with, with her two boys, of course, and they were sleeping in the car. Nevertheless, um, um, she enrolled them in school because they they were already going to the school uh, in in Henry County, uh, and and whatnot. And you know how it is when they start back school; they they ask for a lot of uh, information and paperwork and all those things, and and the kids got to bring the paperwork uh, back to the school and. And I, and I guess somehow, some way, these kids were kind of spelled by, you know, they were kind of stuck because they didn't have an address to really put down because they, you know, they, they were, they were, um, they foreclosed on their home, unfortunately. Therefore, um, they kicked the both boys out of school. Mind you, uh, one's an athlete, and, and these, these kids are A-B students. And one, one, one's a straight-A student. Scholarship bound and everything. And they kicked them out of school. So the mother, she took them to court. And she won her case, um, and she um, was able to get the kids back in the in, in the school. But uh, she has till October twenty second to to um, show proof that um, that um, those, that her boys at least they live um, in that in that district with a friend of hers, and. Um, this story was really crazy here in, in, in Atlanta, and um, it, it, of course, it, it hit major major headlines as well. Wonderful story, man, because um, it kind of it kind of sent shockwaves, really, because the fact that. Many people, uh, many parents. There, there was a, there was a woman actually uh, some years ago who um, ended up she went to jail because she same thing Henry County <laughs> and um, she lost her home and she had her kids enrolled in that school and she was staying somewhere else and they actually locked this sister up you know and, and, and thank thank God she was able able to get out uh, but. Um, yeah, they, they they locked this this one sister. They they locked her up, uh, um, for that for that situation. And um, it's amazing, man. Uh, just amazing that that uh, these things are going on. There's also uh, an article about this church, and this is 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 in the mind, the mind unleashed. Um, article I saw it's called Mind Unleash, and it talks about this church uh, that they allow homeless people to sleep overnight in their pews. Wonderful story, man, and, and uh, I think it's out of California. And um, but but anyway, the, the, this um, this church um, they started this back in 2004, actually, and what they start doing is called the the Bill Project. And it's a no question, no questions asked. You come in, uh, they give you a blanket, blanket, and and uh, you, you're able to sleep on the on the pews. And one of the main reasons why they did that is because 
people don't understand that homeless shelters are some of the most dangerous places to be in. And people are getting raped and getting robbed and all type and, and murdered uh, in these shelters and molested. And these children and, and adults as well are, are, are you know, are getting uh, really harmed in these shelters, which, which I think is the most insane thing I've ever heard of. How do you have a damn home, homeless shelter? You don't have security. I mean, when you think you'd factor in security in that budget, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Nevertheless, this wonderful church, man, uh, allows uh, people to come off the street no, no matter what time of the year, and they do this on a nightly basis, man. And again, I got to go there, man. Black churches, this is unheard of. They would never do anything like, like this. And, now, 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 and what's so sad about it, oh, they, they would they would in, 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 the, in the 30s and 40s and 50s. But now they got sophisticated. They locked their doors. Money, money through uh, Saturday, you know, uh, unless they got choir rehearsal or, or me. Them doors are locked, baby. Locked. And, 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 and mind you, there's no money exchange. These people are able to get a, to get a blanket for free. No charge. No questions asked. Not where you from. Can you feel like this form? Nothing. This is what God has been talking about for the church to be doing. And they see hundreds of people each day pass through the church using them pews to sleep on and getting blankets from the staff. Mind you, it says day and night. You sleeping? Go hit, go hit the church. These are the no questions asked. And, and, and they call them, and, and, and the uh, pastor, uh, they, say, they say, when our guests walk into the churches, in an effort to remove all barriers to entry, there are no sign and no sign-in sheets or intake forms. No one is ever turned away. They call these people their guests. They're all welcome, respected, and treated with dignity. Again, this, this, this is the Gubbio Project. Wonderful project, man. Now, you want to donate to somebody, donate to this project. And it says two-thirds, two-thirds of the church is reserved for the Gubio the, the Gubio project. And it sends a powerful message to, to unhoused neighbors. Uh, they are in essence part of the community, not to be kicked out. And when those with homes come into worship, it also sends a message to, to those attending mass. The community includes the tired, the poor, those with mental issues, and those who are wet, cold, and dirty. So amazing, man. This is one of the main complaints that people often have about homeless shelters is that they can feel like prisons, which is true, and be extremely dangerous as well. But the Gubbio Project seems different. Ninety-five percent of those surveys said they always or usually felt safe uh, at the Gubbio Project, and those who pass through are not treated like prisoners as they are in many shelters. And, and, and um, the, the wonderful thing about, about this this thing here, man, and these are just just down down and out people. These are families, too, going in there. These are also family members and families. There's one article I was trying to find about this teacher. School teacher, white woman. She's sitting here. She got a master's degree. And uh, she's a school teacher. And this woman having to give blood did you hear me? She she has to give plasma blood in order to pay her rent. 
or, or, or to pay a mortgage or, or what have you. So amazing, man. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you hear this story, uh, this other story also about uh, teachers having to get second jobs, um, particularly in Georgia, where it's a hot damn mess. I don't, I have no idea about what, what's going on in this in the, this area. But, but nevertheless, people are having to get a second job uh, to make ends meet, man. And, and, and this is insane. It's insane. You know, and, and um, it says we get second jobs. Many educators find it hard to make ends meet with a teacher's salary. So amazing, man. So amazing. So, I mean, I'm going to bring you this thing real quick. When I... Most teachers don't go into teaching expecting to get rich, but historically it has been a job that supported a middle-class lifestyle. But that is becoming harder and harder to achieve today. According to the U.S. Department of Education, teachers are making 5% less than they did nearly a decade ago. Around the country, teachers are fed up, protesting, and striking with the demand for better pay. This month, Time Magazine is spotlighting the financial struggles and rough conditions many educators deal with. Here's a quote. I have a bachelor's degree, 16 years of experience, work two extra jobs and donate blood plasma to pay the bills. I'm a teacher in America. In Georgia, the legislature passed a 2% increase of teacher salaries last year. But our average starting salary is below the national average, 40th in the nation. You may find a teacher that's working in the classroom all day and working a retail store job at night, which is very taxing on, I'd say, the average. You go home, you may take care of a family. All right, well, we are just scratching the surface with this story. So tonight we are asking to hear from teachers past and present. We want to hear what is your story, what's your experience. Share them with us by using the hashtag the late feed, or you can send them directly to me on Facebook or Twitter. So amazing, man. Here, again, once again, these are freaking school teachers. I've done, I've done hundreds of shows. Uh, dealing with school teachers, uh, letting people know that they, they are, in many cases, they are the first role model in a child's life. A teacher is the first role model, model in, in, in many of these children's lives. It's crazy. And, and, and again, this is America. <laughs> this, is, this is United States of America. Love to brag about, oh, we're the richest country in the nation. We we, we got our, our, our teachers going through all this foolishness. So amazing, man. And and, and it's like nobody um, nobody is, 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 is their brother's keeper, so to speak. Every man for himself. People are make people are making money, uh, all kinds of ways on on, on online, and they're they're doing uh, different things, um, and so on and so forth. But nevertheless, as a whole, and I keep trying to tell people, stop with that individualism shit. That's wonderful. You you, you got an online business and you're making six seven figures. What did damn do? But when they shut down all this power. And, and all this, all this uh, uh, internet and stuff. What the hell are you gonna do? What the hell are you gonna do? You gonna need that big brother then. 
some of you guys are, you know, without without uh, techno- without that technology, you are hope you, you you are hopeless. Do some of y'all know how to make a fire? Build a tent? Hunt fish? Sit all you want, making all that money. But I'm telling you, when they shut this thing down, they shut this thing down. And, and all you 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 love it, uh, you traders and you trading and whatnot, they shut all that shit down, baby. And that money's gonna be gone. Cause they're trying to go back to go back to gold anyway. In Canada, Mexico, and the United States, they trying to come up with, with their own their own form of currency. They trying to outdo Russia and China. That ain't gonna work though. What, what, what that means? They have to collapse the damn dollar. You be sitting there. Oh my 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 code don't work. Yeah, don't know that shit gonna work. And you could be sitting around just like everybody else, ass out. No pun intended. Another story I saw about this sister. This woman, she's in Santa Barbara, California. And there's a shortage of affordable housing. And, and, and this is going on all over the world, man. People, are, that's why you see lots, so many white folks are moving, moving into black areas. Because they can't afford to stay where they're staying at. So, so they're having, they having to, hey, man, they have to move with us. Because it, it, it's a mess now. now check, check out the, the, this, this story uh, I caught on the homeless in, in California. Every day is kind of a little different. I usually get up anywhere between 5.30 and 6.30. On the days that I have work, I drop my daughter off, and then I head off to work, and I, and I work a full day. On the days that I go to school, we're there the entire day. Um, we do a lot of times go to a restaurant where there's Wi-Fi, so we can set in while we're here. 46-year-old Danielle Williams is a lot like other busy single moms. She takes care of her daughter and their two dogs, all while working and going to school. Except that each night, she drives back into Santa Barbara and goes to bed here, in a parking lot, in her minivan. This is a Chrysler Town and Country. My seat actually will go forward and back easy. Even with the space that I've given myself, it's not quite enough for my knees. If I want to, like, sit at the edge of the bed to be able to then push myself to the back. Because there's, there's a bed here? This is a bed here. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice. Yeah. So if you look in the back. Oh, this from this angle, it makes much more sense. Yeah. What about all this other stuff? How did you decide what to have in the car? Are these just necessities? So obviously the dirty clothes hamper, so we can keep our dirty clothes and our clean clothes separate. This is my daughter's bag of clothes. It's about two weeks' worth of clothes that we keep. The rest is? In storage. What? We have a 7 by 10 and it's pretty much full. You know, we had a life before this. Danielle downsized from an apartment to a car five years ago after she was laid off from her full-time job in accounting. She tried to look for other full-time work, but realized there isn't much of a market for someone in their 40s without a college degree. I just couldn't pay the rent anymore, and we just ended up sleeping in the car, thinking it was only going to be temporary. During a good month, she's only able to make about $2,000 working temp jobs, which doesn't leave much wiggle room. 
She pays $370 a month to lease her car, $93 for insurance, $150 for gas, $225 for two phones, $117 for storage, $50 to shower at the YMCA, and about $900 in food since she and her daughter have to eat out. It usually ends up that we maybe have about $100 left over. Do you consider yourself homeless? I do consider myself homeless. The world considers me homeless. When you think about homeless people, you think about somebody who's maybe on drugs, who's an alcoholic, you know, has a lot of mental health issues, or is lazy. The rest of them are people like me, where they're actually working, going to school, trying to get out of the life that they're in, and just can't. Have you considered living in a shelter? We did one night at the rescue mission. That was terrifying for my daughter. And I just felt like I would rather sleep in my car because I feel safe in my car than sleep in one of these places. I don't have any other options. Living in a city where sleeping in your car is technically illegal isn't exactly comfortable either. It means having to park in dark places with few people, which can be dangerous, and risking being hassled by the police, which can be costly. That's why Danielle landed at a designated safe parking lot. It's one of 23 across the city that are open overnight and equipped with porta potties and lot monitors. The program, which was started before, was the first of its kind. So you have empty parking lots, which at night, go unutilized, and you take them and you turn them into a shelter for people who are living in their vehicle. Christine Schwartz runs New Beginnings, the nonprofit that oversees the safe parking program in Santa Barbara. She manages two caseworkers who help people living in their car apply for housing. We've had doctors, we've had professors, we've had nurses, engineers, people who are gainfully employed who have a situation where they have a number of Setback. It's unclear how many people live in their cars by necessity because the government doesn't track vehicular homelessness. But Christine estimates that in Santa Barbara, they make up more than a third of the homeless population. How long is the program? The safe parking program now has grown to 134 spaces in 23 lots in the city of Santa Barbara, the city of Goleta, and in the unincorporated areas in between. Is that enough? We constantly have a waiting list that can range anywhere from about 30 to more than 100 people at any given time, and we never have enough left. There's a shortage of affordable housing in every single state in the country, but it's especially bad in California, where the most recent numbers as large as it is anywhere else. That's made Santa Barbara's safe parking program appealing to other cities in the state, like L.A., where 16,000 people now live in their vehicles, 32% more than just two years ago. In March, L.A. opened the first of four lots. Molly Reisman, who works for the county, helped oversee its implementation. For the private real estate industry, there's no profit in building housing for people at the lowest end of the spectrum. So the only sector that can really do that is the government, and yet there's this very strong pushback of like, don't let government do anything in real estate. And that tension has led us to where we are today. Is it easy to find parking lots that are willing to let you use them? No. What has caused the reluctance? Time you say, we're going to do something to assist somebody experiencing homelessness. We do find that there are community concerns. 
there's nimbyism not in my backyard and we have to work with the community to help them overcome that there's always concerns about liability if there's an accident who's going to get sued what does it say about where we are that a program like safe parking where instead of giving someone an affordable place to live in we're giving them a parking lot no i mean it is not a great state of affairs but we have so many people experiencing homelessness that we're dramatically trying to increase shelters, but we can't do it fast enough. So safe parking is. All right. I want to bring you guys that, man, to let you see the severity of what's going on, uh, particularly in the, in the California area where they're, they're um, <clears throat> people, I mean, people are just struggling, man. And again, we haven't even hit the crises yet. And, and, and this thing is it, it's just crazy. Again, everything goes up except the wages. And, and, and here um, is um, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Warren talking about the minimum wage and saving the, the uh, family in general. No one in this country should work full-time and still live in poverty. And that's what raising the minimum wage is all about. And why is this a women and families issue? Well, because more than half of those who would be affected if we raise the minimum wage are women. More to the point, if we raise the minimum wage, that would raise the living standards for 14 million children in America. Think about that. 14 million children who live with parents who are so close to the poverty line in the middle in, in the minimum wage would give those children a stronger start in life, a little more economic security. But I want to drive home for everybody here if I can. These kinds of policies really matter. We throw around lots of numbers, 14 million children. I want to tell you about just one of those children, me. Um, I lived in a family that had a lot of economic ups and downs. And when I was 12 years old, my daddy was out of work for a really extended period of time. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and our world just started falling apart. We lost the family car, and we came that close to losing our home. I still remember the day that I walked into my parents' bedroom, and my mother was pulling on her best black dress and fighting to get the zipper up and crying the whole time. And she kept talking. I don't know if she was talking to me or talking to herself, but she kept saying, we will not lose this house. We will not lose this house. And she blew her nose. She put on her lipstick, pulled on her high heels, and she walked to the Sears. And she got a minimum wage job at Sears Roebuck. That minimum wage job saved our house, but more to the point, it saved our family. I was blessed to grow up in an America where a minimum wage job would keep a family of three afloat. Today in America, a minimum wage job will not support a mama and a baby and keep them out of poverty. So every time we talk about these policies, we have to remember 
fighting, not in small ways, but in big ways. Someone in America fought for a higher minimum wage long before I was born, and I was the beneficiary of it. I stand here today in part because I grew up in an America that said there would be opportunity for more of our children. That was uh, Elizabeth Warren talking about the minimum wage and and how it, it's really affecting. And mind she did she did this did this um, thing on Capitol Hill. She she's done several several speeches. Man, I urge you to go to YouTube and check out Elizabeth Warren and just googling minimum minimum wage. And she's she's been fighting this thing, man, for, for over a decade, uh, trying to get them to to um, raise the minimum wage. But again, corporations, wealthy, they, it's about greed, people. They hoard the money, and, 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 and there are scriptures dealing with that in, in Isaiah about hoarding the money and who these people work for. They are the devil, and they, they want to see America fail. Ain't about black and white. Ain't about racism. Ain't about make, make America great again. They want to see this, this, this country collapse to its knees. And become a third world country. And as long as we keep dividing ourselves, there's no question that it's going to happen. Thank you guys for tuning in, man. I hope you were inspired by this. And I'm telling you, prepare yourselves, man. Start uh, stocking up. Keep some cash on you uh, in the house. Try trading with gold or silver, or, you know, uh, some bonds or something. But I know y'all like that, that cryptocurrency and all that stuff, man. But be mindful, man. Be mindful. Don't, don't, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You better have some food. You better have some flashlights. You, have, you better have some plastic. You better have some some, some AM radios. You, have, you better have some walkie-talkies. Lots of canned goods, beef jerky, beans. You're going to need protein. There ain't going to be no damn meat. All types of protein. And they're going to go house to house and make sure you're not growing your own damn food either. You got to prepare yourself, man. You have to prepare yourself for what to come. God is already, that's why he raised Joseph, to prepare for a seven-year famine, but he had seven years to prepare for it. And, and, and here it is. God is trying to prepare his people for what's to come of this foolishness, and yet you too busy worrying about Kim Kardashian and uh, uh, marketing and, and, getting your, and getting your coins and, and so on and so forth and not truly preparing your people. But what happens is there's no internet, no cable, no electricity, no gas. I got to walk everywhere. I got to find a way to to prepare my food. What are you going to do then? Again, guys, thank you for tuning in. My time is up. And as I always say in parting, man, to love yourselves. To know yourself and know yourself it comes by spending time with God. We thank you again. We'll, we'll see you soon. I'm gonna leave you with uh, Kamala Harris, man, and what she's saying about the ho- housing uh, crisis. And again, you you you, you want to get with your senators, man, and that you know, in whatever state you're in, get get with your senator or whomever, and really write them and tell them about this situation, man. Again, peace and God bless, man. Here's Kamala, Senator Kamala Harris talking about the uh, Rent Relief Act. Well, over 11 million Americans 
are paying more than half of their income in rent. And when people are spending half of the money they make on rent, they don't have enough left to cover basic living expenses, like groceries, medicine, heat, their car payments, paying their student loans, or their bus fare. The problem isn't that people in this country aren't working hard enough. The problem is that rent is getting more and more expensive, and wages are staying the same. Let's look at the numbers. In California, rent for the typical one-bedroom apartment is over $1,300. If you're earning minimum wage in California, which is $11 an hour, and working 40 hours a week, you would need to work at least two jobs to afford that apartment, keep the lights on, and feed your family. And this is a nationwide problem. In 99% of counties in America, a person working a full-time job at the minimum wage cannot afford a one-bedroom apartment. Now, this doesn't just impact minimum wage workers. Even if you're making $50,000 a year, it's still not enough to pay rent on that one-bedroom apartment in California without being stretched to the limit. That is why millions of Americans are evicted from their homes every year. That is why every night, half a million people in our country are homeless, including thousands of people who are working full-time jobs. This is a crisis, and folks deserve solutions, which is why as part of the solution, I have introduced a bill that we named the Rent Relief Act. The Rent Relief Act says that if you spend more than 30% of your income on rent and utilities, you'll get a portion of that money back. It's that straightforward. This is America, and I believe every family deserves security of being able to keep a roof over their head. So please ask your members of Congress, tell your members of Congress, to please support hardworking Americans by supporting the Rent Relief Act. Thanks, guys. Take care.